Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The podcast you are listening to of Holmberg's Morning Sickness is brought to you by my friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Trust me on this one. You've had barbecue before, but you haven't had it this good. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com. There's only one Eric's Family Barbecue location in Arizona. That's right, just one. It's in Avondale, and it's worth the drive over and over again. Barbecue restaurants that have several locations usually cut their quality for expansion. Not Eric's Family Barbecue. Eric serves Texas-style barbecue that never disappoints, always delicious, never rushed, and prepared to perfection. Now, we know brisket is king, but have you tried their pulled pork with coleslaw? It's a match made in heaven. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Go to ericsfamilybbq.com for more information. Holmberg's Morning Sickness. The old method of treatment for a person in this condition was to throw him in jail. I still like that Brett called that Anhesh. I know. That's all I think about. Brilliant. Uh, Speaking of Brett, he's on his way out right now for uh, what will be this one and the next one. I think that's it. And then it's Labor Day, right? That's right, around two weeks away. Yeah. Uh, Labor Day is when we shut down Operation Hydration. And uh, Brett's got two more visits out to places uh, this morning. Albertsons, Dysert, and Indian School is where he's going to uh, help you guys help us. Donate a case of water for Operation Hydration. Helping out the Valley's homeless this summer with our friends at the Phoenix Rescue Mission, which I see all over the place. Our lobby is packed full of water. I didn't realize how well we've done with this, and that's just uh, one of the three or four times we've had to empty it out. It is, I don't know if you've been by there, it's packed. Oh, it's been full. It's phenomenal. And we've got the Arizona drinking team uh, dumping off their donations. Uh, they've been collecting all year for us, which is outstanding. And they've got, I think, 30-plus pallets of water that they're going to drop off Monday over at the rescue mission, which will fill the warehouse by itself. And we've already pretty much done a good job of that. So uh, thanks to everybody. I was at Dr. Jay Schwartz's office. And uh, out in the front, he's got a thing for the rescue mission. He's, they're doing nice. it, too. Anybody who's doing it, I don't care what station or if you're part of this or not, if it's, uh, you know, KEZ's helping out. I know KTAR does things. like Good for them. Charity shouldn't have a tie back to, you know, getting credit. If everybody's doing it, everybody's doing it. And that's or that's a good ours. Thing. You can't but help. Guy Fieri, Dave Pratt. Anybody who wants to get in on this and say we're raising it too, but we don't want to be tied to KUPD, fine, uh, good. The, the the winner in the end is our uh, is the charity itself, and I, sh- I radio makes the big mistake of trying to take credit for that when basically what you should be doing is trying to help somebody. We're terrible at this industry is absolutely terrible about being competitive with what they do. Like if you give to the Phoenix Children's uh, Hospital, that's KTR's baby. 
But if we started something, they'd be like, hey, they're getting in our kitchen. It's like, no, no, no. We're helping the kids, that. too. We're not going to help you because they're already involved. Right. And, and, and you'll have bosses go, oh, that's KTAR's thing. So we, we don't want to help them because radio wars, it's dumb. We'll get no bang out of it. Yeah. I don't care. Then you're not doing it for the right reason. So nice job by everybody so far who's dropped off. Go out. Brett's driving all the way to Dysart and Indian School this morning. He should be there in about 20 minutes uh, or maybe a little more. He left a little late. Uh, and you guys can help out. He's also got Shinedown tickets. He's got Slipknot tickets he's given away, KUPD stuff all over the place. Uh, Brett headed out. Litchfield Park is where he is, uh, Dysart and Indian School. And then later today, Brett's going out again. And we'll tell you about that. It'll be at EOS Fitness. All the way out there in Surprise later today, which is pretty solid. He's doing the loop. He's, he's going to be west, west siding for a while today. That's good stuff. Today holds a special place in my radio heart, Brady. This is a... Uh, this was the National Burger Day. Yeah, that's right. That's your radio heart. Don't oh, put yeah, your heart okay. on me. I don't want your heart just, at all. I'm spitballing. No, no, my heart is healthy. I don't want your heart. You keep your heart, your radio heart, on National Burger Day. I keep mine on August twenty fifth, uh, nineteen ninety nine and two thousand. I can't remember if it was. I think it might have been two thousand, but it also could have been nineteen ninety nine. But it was the very first time I ever got uh, into a national incident because of my radio idea. And it still lives with me as, like, awesome. Uh, today is Sean Connery's birthday. And I, uh, I always regale that it's like when uh, Glenn Beck tells his uh, the Christmas sweater. On the August 25th, I always like to hearken back to the day I realized I love this job. Like, I absolutely love this. Although, I was terrified for my life, my well-being, and my future. Uh, I was 25, just starting. They gave an idiot a morning show because I was the producer of another morning show that wasn't doing well. And they're like, you do it until we find somebody else. And then we started to do stuff. They weren't paying attention. Best thing about my uh, career in radio is I've never had a boss pay attention to me. That's key in life. You got one of them attentive bosses? I'd be out of my ass every time. In trouble. Never had a boss actually paying attention to me. Now, Trip pays attention, but he came in, uh, he got on a moving train. And he realized, well, I'll just pay attention if he screws up. We'll just keep him going. He seems to be fine. Uh, prior to that, nobody really knew what to do. Chuck left me alone. Prior to that, I had a bunch of bosses that didn't know what they were doing. Having a boss, an inept, uh, unknowing, not paying attention boss, was what launched this show. It was great. Yeah. It was great. And what makes a, uh, you know, the best thing about a good boss is like, just don't bring me headaches right. to my death. Well, that's what that's I always I tell the boss. The first thing I, uh, every boss I've ever had going back to, look, my job is to make sure that you don't hear about me at all. But if you do, it's going to be a good thing, even if it's a bad thing. Uh, so the bosses are like, ah, eh, this idiot doesn't know what he's doing. He's, he's the stopgap between morning shows. We're going to get another guy. So I start doing what I want. And uh, so we Sean Connery's birthday, we decided to play a little prank uh, on the audience, essentially, and pretend to call Sean Connery on his birthday as Sean Connery. So I dummied up two sounds, my Sean Connery impression, and then an altered Sean Connery impression of him on the phone, which was basically sleepy Sean Connery. But, hello, who's this? Uh, how are you there? And then I would go over the top. You know, Sean, it's you. It's Sean. How are you? What was going on? I don't understand what's happening. Oh, I'm calling you. Happy birthday, you bastard. What, who, who are you? Well, this is, this is me. Cuss and all that. Yeah. So uh, we make the call. We find out Sean Connery's like somewhere in New Zealand. We weren't sure. And make the call on his birthday and bring up how he hits women. Because he's a classic. The interview with classic Barbara, interview with Barbara Walters. Walters about how a woman uh, always wants the last word. And sometimes they deserve a little smack across the face. 
His words, you know, not sometimes. mine. His words, not mine. Not to say that I was 100% off that train. I'm like, hey, Sean, you know. And you're not going to back down from that comment? It's a, yeah, and Barbara gave him an yeah. out. That's the best part of the interview is he said, I think that a woman, uh, although she has a right, always tries to have the last word when we've gotten to the end of the argument. And she says, all right, I agree. And we've agreed. They always pop off with the last thing. And sometimes they deserve smack across the face. And Barbara's like, you think you should hit her? I don't see how, how it could hurt. Do you want to pull back on that? No. Here you go with the last word and thing. That's I'm what, I thought he was going to hit Barbara. <laughs> so we make the comments back and forth. I make Sean Connery on the phone angry. Uh, it's all me. And then uh, argue with him a little bit and then psh, put it away. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Phones ring. Back in the days when we answered phones on radio because they worked. Uh, and everybody's like, I can't believe that. It's so amazing. That's great. And I'm like, people bought it. Now, the first thing I'm thinking is this is an obvious radio bit. The worst phrase in the world. And like, people aren't going to buy this. And they bought it. Not only did they buy it, they took it to like news outlets and stuff. So I'm like, oh, all right. I didn't know you were supposed to tell the truth when people said, was that him? I don't know. Of course you, you let the lie live. And so I did. And the National Enquirer ran the story that Sean Connery was furious in New Big. Zealand when a radio show did it. And he was threatening to sue and this was a bit, I'm like, because he was going to sue on the thing. And then this was happening. And then it got back to Sean Connery's people. And they, amended, they, they claimed cease and desist against everything. And uh, the Inquirer went to print. And that's when they found out it was fake. And they wanted to charge us for all the papers that they had already printed that were about to go out before they went out. And it was a huge number. Hilarious that day was I was in sales, advertising sales. And I was getting calls from clients like, that interview with Sean Connery yeah. was awesome. Uh, nobody, I didn't think it was that good. <laughs> the people ate it up. Because they were just here and they yeah, think real guy. Oh, I mean, because yeah. I was uncomfortable. He was yeah. upset. Yeah, my dad called me. Oh, my God. You're going to get fired. You yeah. can't piss people off like that. And I told you. I warned you about being a smartass. You know, being a smartass never pays. I'm like, Dad, Dad, I calmed down. The whole thing was me. What the hell are you talking about? I'm like, I was both voices. No, 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 you had, a, you had him on the phone. He like, knows yeah, Dad, people. Dad, Dad, we taped it. We don't, ah, ah, f- you anyway. Yeah, he was upset. Yeah, he was, he was concerned that that was the, I, I'd be living at home forever. He wasn't concerned for my well-being. He was worried that I was never going to leave. Like, I had to come back. So it turned into this big and We didn't know it initially. Nope. And then, like, we got calls from the FCC saying you can't put people on the air against their will. And no matter how many times I tried to tell people at that point, it was all me. They're like, yeah, but Sean Connery can't be on the air unless you said something. It was a bit like FCC guy. You have to – some representative lawyer. It wasn't actually the FCC. Oh, I was scared to death. Horrified. Channel 3 wanted to talk. Channel 12 wanted to talk. Why did you piss off the 007? What would you do that for? I'm like, it was me, everybody. It was, we know it was you. Well, you pissed off Sean Connery. We're t- like, no, no, He's no. an icon. It was August 25th, either 2000 or 99. I can't remember. It's going back too far. And they were mad at me. And then uh, the Inquirer didn't run the thing, but they wanted like half a million dollars. And that was when I realized, hey, I like this job. This is fun. And then a few months later, we did it again. When Stone Temple Pilots was in town, we had fake Scott Weiland on the air and did this big – it was April Fool's Day, this big, long – thing about him coming in the studio passing out we had bob Kahn from the fire department come down and say the man passed out we think it may be drug related and again how easy it is the news is there like he's not even here people are standing outside mad 
And then people and then people got real mad that we fooled them. And I'm like, oh boy, there's a fine line here. Oh, so much fun. But this day uh, is my kind of my anniversary of like, yeah, I think your I want to, war of the world. I think I want to do this. It was my my pissant version of what Orson Welles does. <laughs> but it was the sucker born every minute moment when you're like, man, like this. Can... And it's beyond that. It was me. Uh huh. You're still oh, in trouble. I couldn't tell them anything they didn't want to hear. I, I was on the phone with some cub reporter at Channel 12, and as many times as I said, you're not understanding. I did both voices. Right. Well, when he was on the line with you, though, he was very upset. I'm like, that was me. Yes, you caused that. No. <laughs> I'm the guy on the phone. Sean Connery? I'm both Sean Connerys. Well, wait, wait, hold on. There's only one. There's you and then the real one. But he was in New Zealand. You said he was in a 17-hour time difference. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. And then I, then I did start getting scared because I thought, well, because my bosses weren't exactly entrenched in my well-being. At that point, I don't believe you. <laughs> well, they, that was Connery. They knew, but they didn't. Li- they didn't know what to do with heat. The last morning show they had was Ted Simmons. Come on, morning, gentle listeners. If he said "ass," there Simons. was a meeting. Whatever. TV eight, Channel eight's political. All right, Governor. All right, that guy. Carrie Lake, would you like to respond? All right. Like he's the he's the poor bastard that sit through these debates on Channel eight. He does a great job. But Ted was the morning guy before me. Uh, there was like he's, I'm not kidding. He said ass once, and there was a meeting. Here I am. I got National Enquirer's wanting 500 grand out of us. <laughs> You're going to reprint all of our stuff. I'm like, I didn't do it. And Terry, our old boss, Terry says, what do, you, what do you propose we do, John? What do you propose we do? I'm like, I don't know what I'm in trouble for. I, I played a, like a joke on no one. And you're asking me, like, to you're going to defer half a million dollars to reprint the Inquirer? Well, you got to tell them. I did. I told them it's all fake, and all you Stop idiots. Stop the print. All you idiots keep running around. And then I realized, oh, people in suits are technically just as dumb as I am. They just have nicer clothes. They look, people respect them because they look like they should, like, be respected. Oh, that guy's as dumb as I am. Oh, this is going to be a cakewalk. Because the Inquirer never has to worry about lawsuits. No. That's all they do. Oh, they were panicked. It was fun. It was a fun three days, and it started uh, 23 years ago or whenever it was. And I always think back. And I missed the ch- – I, you know, eventually he had to die, but Sean Connery died a couple of years ago. And, it was- and then, ironically enough, the guy he celebrates a birthday with is why I got fired. Well, not why. I was going to anyway. But uh, it was when Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was on. They didn't know what to do with me. They didn't like that I was – they wanted to be a girl station. And we were doing well, and they couldn't figure out why. And they, uh, the, the new bosses were, like, scared. Our and- advertisers – yeah, well, no. fan. we can't have a shock jock. Look, it, it, well, they, they, this station was so stupid, they didn't subscribe to ratings because they didn't want to see them. They knew. They knew deep down for years this was a dump. And But we were doing really well. Other stations would tell us, you guys are in like second place. You're in, like, this is bad. And they didn't know what to do with me. And it wasn't their fault. They just didn't know what they were doing at all. I didn't either. Uh, but then Regis Philbin, who has a birthday today, was the reason I got let go officially it's because I found out that they were looking to fire me, and I didn't want to work there anyway. So it was at the height of who wants to be a millionaire, and I gave a fourth lifeline of blowjob to the contestant on the air, and then we performed a two-minute, very audible. Regis' big daddy. <laughs> Regis is, yeah. For, for the million dollars, I know you're out of lifelines, but for one million dollars, what we can do here is you can just go ahead and slobber all over Regis' big daddy. What do you say? And my producer, Kevin Butler, to his credit, uh, did the greatest oral – 
taping of what sounds like a man choking to death for about 93 seconds while I just went, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, we need to talk after the show. I'm like, I bet we do. You're gonna, we're going to lose our license. I'm like, yeah, you should probably fire me. I don't know what you're trying to do. I'm like, I know you're going to fire me Friday anyway. I've been told that's the plan. <laughs> I'm just running around. Like, you got to admit it was hilarious, though. It was not funny. I'm like, that's ah, pretty funny. Could you imagine on ABC if Regis liked the contestant? Oh, tell you what Regis needs. For a mil- I'll give you a million dollars. You don't even have to answer the question. What is the atomic weight of my dong? <laughs> the only way you can weigh it is in your mouth. <laughs> it was fun. So August 25th is a special. That was a week. Was it over the intercom? Are we going to do this? Friday, I sat there waiting to get fired because I knew I was getting fired. So I went on the intercom. I'm like, if I'm about to get fired, I'd like to do it before noon, please. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Everyone knew. Everyone knew. Chris would walk by the office. I'm like, Chris, when? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and he'd just keep walking. I'm like, I know. I know everything. Oh, he had to find a witness. The managers were all hiding. The general manager was sick that day because he didn't want to confront it. It was a mess. That place was a disaster. And then I was dumb enough to go back six months later. But August 25th. And it is kind of an interesting, uh, uh, I don't know, symbiosis, I suppose. That on August 27th, this particular program uh, turns 21 years old. So it's this time frame in my radio life where great things happen. So hopefully a, a pile of cash hits the building today. We don't know. But I always, it's always kind of a fun time to look back. Waiting to hear from Biden. Yeah. I'm not a big guy to look back. I wish I still had the audio of both the uh, Regis BJ and the Connery call, but I don't have any of it. Somebody, Kevin might. I don't have it. But it's uh, – and Stephanie Duran, who was the girl on the show with me, was all in and then all out. Run him scared. Like, oh, she got so nervous that this was all over for her. Get some idiot doing dumb stuff. And like, hey, look, you're not doing anything. Somebody's got to do something. You're going to get us all fired. I'm like, well, come up with a better idea and then maybe you do it. That was how bad the bosses were. I got a meeting with a guy who told me, he goes, why don't you just give all the funny lines to Stephanie so the female people are more comfortable with the jokes? And I'm like, what do you think? I write this? Can't you just think the funny things and then write them and hand them to her? <laughs> like, there'd be a lot of pausing. The show would be filled with a lot of pauses. Yeah, but I think that's it. Three guys in a room. And so I think that's a great idea. Why don't you do more of, like, let's, let's let Stephanie have the show. And then the female. And you can be kind of the wacky sidekick type. And I'm like, okay. Which was the initial design, yeah. right? No. The initial design was Jim Sharp and Stephanie Duran had a show, and he didn't like working with her. I was the producer. So then I right. just got tossed in. They had no design. There but was no plan. no, the design was, it's Stephanie and you. No, there was no design. It, that, was a, that was a complete accident. Because I thought I, they, no, brought when, oh, they brought her over. They found out early that bringing her over didn't matter. Yes. Yeah. She, she was... Basically, just a, a couple of phone calls she could make and talk to Todd McFarlane and maybe one other guy. 
And she was fine. She was fine, but she wasn't going to run the thing. There was no plan. Nobody had a plan. That would be what you're, what you're insinuating is that people knew what they were doing, and no one had a clue. The whole time over there, no one had a clue. It was great fun, though. But, yeah, that poor girl was, like, scared to death. Nobody knew. Well, you give her the funny lines. And I'm like, so when I think of like a moment where I think like, uh, let's say, Regis Philbin needs to yell at Stephanie, but I've got the funny line. I should say, as Regis Philbin, do the impression and yell at yourself. Well, I mean, when the impressions pop up, I'm like, so I can do that. This is dumb. And then I just and then I learned the term from another guy in that room who I admired quite greatly named Steve or Roger actually was his name. He looked at me and he goes, this is where you neck your bosses and you leave and do what you want oh that's a great phrase to teach a 25 year old and that just basically means you bob your head and go oh that's you know what good thinking and then tomorrow go do what you want these guys are clueless what a time what a time and not everybody in radio school it was awesome oh sales <laughs> oh yeah you guys you guys were mopping her up but then you weren't allowed to mop it up because it, no. wasn't, it wasn't supposed to be a success. They we were came trying to back. Get I lasted about four months on that. It had nothing uh, to do with you. There was the that uh, was the miserable light. Place. I'm like, I'm done with this. Yeah, miserable place to work. It was a dark building. Ugh. And could have been so much fun, but there's so many people just stomping all over the good parts, which is why the station. That's why most radio stations fail. Is too many people who are talentless don't understand what's going on and step on it before it has a chance to do anything good. Which is why having a boss that doesn't pay attention to you is the best thing that ever happened. Too many cooks. Way too many. I had five bosses. It was, it was office space. You have five guys coming and going, you should probably do this. You should do this. And all different. Like, have you guys met yet to like come up with an idea? But wait, I was just told. That guy's an idiot. Don't listen to him. He's a senior VP of VPs. I'm like, what are you? Senior VP of the VPs, VP. I'm like, holy Christ. I don't know what anybody does. We're growing. We're a huge business. You know, like CBS is a massive corporation. You don't understand there's six of us running one thing. And all of us disagree. And I know everybody out there can relate to that. But yeah, I wish Connery was still alive. We'd call him today. We could call his grave, but I don't think anybody would fall for it. Hello, I've been sleeping for quite a while now. No, there would be some people that. Yeah, you're right. Well, because then we, and then, uh, you know, on the heels of that, we found out how easy it is to manipulate an audience when we gave away tickets to the submarine races at Tempe Town Lake and the phones lit up. Yep. (laughs) For uh, a couple hours. That had to be around August 25th, too. Maybe it's an anniversary. Maybe today we try to stir it up. But. Sorry, I'm I'm waxing nostalgic is what I'm doing, Brady. It's this week. It's today. The date. Connery and I will always have he doesn't know it, but Sean Connery and I will always be linked in my world. <laughs> I've linked myself to him. Sort of like the way those things do on the bottom of sharks. I've kind of just You're a lamprey to I am, Connery. I am a lamprey to the wild success of Sean Connery. The powerhouse that is Sean Connery. I am one of the things feeding off of his uh, gills. <laughs> and have for you. It's great. Maybe we'll bring him back, but man, that was. There's been horrifying times ever since, but still. That Region Connery. Do a little show. I missed them. The Region Connery. Quiz game. We could have Connery blow Regis in like kind of a. (laughs) All right, celebrity. Who wants to be a millionaire? We've got Sean Connery from the grave here. I'm from the grave. It's heaven, celebrity wants to. Regis, I don't know much trivia, but what I do know is how to work a mouth hug. All right, let's get right to that then. Oh, baby, this is heaven. <laughs> That's the way it goes, 007. 
Shake it. Don't stir it. I'm about to give you 007 cc's. <laughs> Stupid. Oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, what are you going to do? Where's everybody at? Richard! Need to know what's on that uh, musical thing. By the way, the rodeo guys yesterday were cool as hell. And yeah. then uh, I got another email from folks saying, you want to come down and see, like, I, we're basically going to, if we want. Got carte blanche. We get to, like, they asked me if I wanted to um, groom the bull. Huh? Do you want to go and, like, wash it? No. <laughs> you guys short it, on, feed it, short on ride. What's you want to sit on, on the bull? Because it's, it's me and Scott Passmore from Channel 3. And another, they were like, do you guys want to come out and clean them up first and, like, shovel some bullshit? Before. No, I don't. Is that an offer? No, but they gave us the deal to come down and do whatever we want to cut. We got to put past more on that. Oh, well, it'll be. That's the one reason I don't want to go is because it's going to be me, Ty Brenneman, Passmore, all the radio knobs, and I got a Magic Mountain Mike, whatever his name is, something like that. I like that Mountain Man Jay guy, but I'm not making fun of him. But I don't know what radio. Oh, they wanted to do an all skate thing. You know that's what it's going to be. But they were very nice to us. I liked them a lot. That rodeo thing was yeah. a hit. Like I got all my emails were like, I'm like going we're to just going to go down there and check it out. Uh, it's media, Brady. You know better. I know. Yeah, they're not. They're, they didn't like us that much. They're. It's an offer. They're <laughs> olive branching. But they're welcome back here anytime. It's coming up in October. But yeah, everybody emailed and said, and you're, you're just like me. Don't crush Brady's dream. It involves animals. <laughs> well, we get to pet the beast still, right? No, you can't touch Passmore. You don't touch the beast. Passmore is off limits. <laughs> off limits. Uh, yeah, completely. By the way, I have to say, uh, the Kevin Durant thing going to sleep is very awkward, and let the Nets have that problem. He's not coming here now. Right. And that is very strange because he demanded they fire the GM, the coach. He wanted out. He said, Phoenix, this and that. And he's signing with Brooklyn again, and they're keeping Steve Nash. And so that is a disaster. They made 15th. up. What flips out of this is even better. Rumor has it. Your Phoenix Suns, and this is from Gamba Ding Don, but it was on the ESPN last night. Sources say, and I've got to hand it to Gambo on this one if it's real or unless he's just shooting it out there, the Suns might get Julius Randle from the Knicks. And I'm telling you, if you don't know anything about basketball, that's a fit. That dude is exactly what the Suns could use, which is a, uh, a giant body who can shoot and has that kind of New York edge. He's Jay Crowder if Jay Crowder was a bigger dick. Uh, you're going to love that guy. I hope that one happens. I don't know who they trade for it, but I love that move. Because right now, as a season ticket holder to the Suns, I'm looking at the same team that got bounced out of the playoffs in the weakest way I've ever seen, going right back out there and trying again in a, in a conference that's much tougher. And they're wearing their old uniforms, and that's their big sell right now. I'm like, oh, we need a bigger splash uh. than just we're wearing Barkley's gear now. <laughs> we need something uh, hmm, spent quite a – Quite a chunk of change on trying to go to these games and enjoy myself. I don't want to watch some six seed dance around in retro uniforms and make me feel good about the team that I like better. Although the uniforms are cool. It's somewhat pathetic to take a team that's not going to win it and place them in the uniforms of a team you liked better. Why don't you just give them uh, 1979 Lakers outfits? And then we'll really be like, wow, imagine if that was here. They're rolling Magic those retros Kareem. out right now, the new the new jerseys to pay for Randall. Oh, well, whatever they got to pay for, whatever they do, because Julius is a, that dude's a, he can play. I'd like to see that. You got to toughen up a little bit. The West just got strong, so that's the rumor. And I, for one, am excited about it. And we're only like eight days away from what was it? One week from no football is two weeks, isn't it? Fourteen two weeks days. From yeah, two weeks from tonight. 
Oh, baby. And I'm getting excited about that, too. I oh, it's going to be great. Yeah, that's Even though my team's going to have five well, Your team's going to suck, but who cares? But you're, I know it. You're in your Seahawks gear today. And you know what? You get to watch a team and learn who's going to be there and who's not. And you get to see the – that's the thing about being a fan that does kind of – I've never had it with Steelers because we don't have losing seasons ever. We've never – <laughs> I mean, really never, ever. But We've it's never tough. really had it ahead of the season. Like everybody's always had hope, even with Kelly Stoffer, mm. which sucked in the nineties. Everybody you, was like, "I think Kelly could be the real deal." The Seahawks no. were horrible for a two while. Wins. You knew going into a few. Or Des seasons. Kennedy won Defensive Player of the Year on a two-win team. I know you know a few teams yeah. of Seahawk lure. Oh, the whole nineties. Yeah, that's the what I was going to say. You, you've had years where you go into the season going, "We're going to win three games." Who do we draft next year? It's a bad well, what question. I'm is, in this is the first time they've announced it before oh, yeah. everybody's going into the season going, "Hey." Yeah. Don't expect much. Yeah. And still don't manage to beat the Cardinals once. God, I hope so. Because <laughs> Cardinal so. fans will hate the fact, ah, it's a sleepwalk over this oh, team. Even when, I think Dallas's one win when they were 1-15 was splitting against the Cardinals. God damn them. it, that was the worst Cowboys team ever, and we couldn't even stomp them. Yeah, craziness. But uh, yeah, football's back. Basketball's got some buzz. I, I I wanted the Kevin Durant thing to happen. I thought for sure that was going to happen. Superstars very rarely call. Wonder how sh- close it got. It got very close. Oh, the Nets were the ones holding it up, which is kind of a good thing for sports fans that the teams still have a little control, especially in basketball, because when a superstar says, "Here's what's going to happen in basketball," it happens. They call the shots. Now the thing that's especially really even worse now, years. if you're a Nets fan is that the dude called his shot, said, I want that guy fired, and I want that guy fired, and then made amends with him. Kevin Durant's in charge. There is no general manager. There is no coach. It's Kevin Durant. He's the coach. He's the, like Steve Nash is now under Kevin Durant. Anything he says right now, he gets. Guarantee it. Like there's no you – can't, you can't manipulate that much and then come back and have everybody go, oh, he's great. We love having him. No, that's not a thing. KD is in charge, just like LeBron's the real guy in the Lakers. There's no coach. There's no general manager. It's what LeBron wants. Same thing just happened in uh, Brooklyn with KD, which in a way, as Suns fans can sit back and say, maybe we didn't want that here, but I still wish Kevin Durant played for the Suns. But that's a disaster. You get Julius Randle, everything's forgotten. I'll buy that jersey. That's a solid grab right there. I'm excited. Sports is back. There's nothing on TV. August sort of sucks. I'm waiting for sports to play us through September so we can get to NBA training camp. You get it all. You get NBA training camp, the World Series, the playoffs for baseball's coming, football's here. We're about to have a great just gotta you know, blow through She Hulk attorney at law for a couple of weeks and then (laughs) get back to real entertainment. I got a meme yesterday that might be my favorite thing about She She Hulk attorney at law. It said, Man, it took so much CGI to make a woman a lawyer. <laughs> Misogyny is fun. Hilarious. Uh, all right, what do you got in the Big Board of Musical Streets there? Brought to you by our friends at Action Ride Shop over on Gilbert and Southern in Mesa. Um, still got a few days left if you've been thinking about those e-bikes. It's e-bike month. Get over there and talk to Josh. Well, you can't talk to him this week. No, they're they're closed from today till Sunday because right. they're up on a bike so run. So make a plan, but get in yeah. there before uh, Wednesday's the 31st. That's yeah. the end of the month. Get and then in just there wait and- for September sales, man. <laughs> What you get in August is awesome. And then Brett September, will tell you about that probably tomorrow. Forget about it. Um, lots of stuff on the on the board today. You've got New Clutch Slaughter Beach is the name of that one. Avatar, Cruel and Unusual. Filter, Under, 
Um, I got five on it from Loonies for the slackers that are like uh, that. getting their debt getting relief. Their uh, but it's Motley Crue, Def Leppard, and Poison right. Day. So, so there's let's a dodge lot that like of, the plague. There's a lot of requests there. <laughs> Don't need nothing but a good time from Poison. Anything from Def Leppard. Uh, also, Motley effing crew, man, Michael Gus <laughs> right, says anything. I'm all in. I love the Motley crew. Well, you're you're in for the, the recorded stuff. I, I've seen them in their peak. Oh, I've seen them three times. Look, go see the show. Have fun. Do your thing. My friend Jim Wilson's dying to go. Leopard. He's like, I'm going for the nostalgia. I'm like, it's not going to be nostalgia. It's going to be fat old men playing songs you remember, and it's going to be sad. It's going to make you feel old. I'm like, you just remember what you remember. If you're new to it, it's amazing. But like Kristen downstairs, she's like, oh, I'm bringing extra towels to mop up all my, my mess. I'm like, for oh. what? <laughs> she didn't actually say that. <laughs> <laughs> Brady, I can pay you to make that face every day. I don't think you could do it. Uh, it's a good face. <laughs> Man, you slid that one right in there. Yeah, well, that's what uh, Vince Neal's going to say later tonight. But yeah, uh, she's I very guess excited. no way she no, said she that. she didn't say that. She's yelling at me yesterday. She goes, I never said that he was my jam. I wouldn't say that. I mean, you said he was your jam. You said, she goes, okay, he was like the man. And I'm like, all right, you don't want to see that again. That's kind of the... Uh, you know, recently divorced, you, you slide into the DMs of an old girlfriend from 30 years ago, remember the passion or tight little body, <laughs> and then she shows up and she's a house and you're a house and it's just gross and then you end up crying all night long. It's like, my life has passed me by. That's what these shows do. <laughs> Unless you're brand new to it. Being a super fan of Motley Crue, you've seen it. If you haven't paid attention to it for a long time, it's going to be stunning to see Mick Mars' corpse. Uh, on stage, it is. he was hard to watch in the '90s. He's got one of those mannequin stands. Yeah, that, that he just kind of yeah. holds his spine up, Goes right up into his yep. spine. Yep. I can't believe he's still playing. I can't he, believe he's alive. He, I, he's I amazing too. The whole Look, show because they did fun. a docu- a little not documentary, yeah. but they did a story on him and how bad it's got. Yeah. Let me tell you this. Now everybody thinks Tommy Lee's a badass and stuff. The last Motley Crue show I was at, he had that upside down drum set. And I'm in the crowd, and he went right over the top of us, and something hit me in the head. And I'm like, ah, what was that? And I reached down, and gra- it's a thing of Centrum Silver. It fell out of his thong. It's not good. They're very old is what I'm saying. At least it was a gel tan. <laughs> oh, it's just one? Yeah, it was good. And then his thong hit me in the forehead. I'm like, damn it, you can't float over us that low. They're spinning me around, yeah. man. No, no, no. It's like one of those uh, airplanes that refuels other planes. Thing's gigantic. But you don't want to see a 70-year-old man floating around in a drum set it's just sad remember what you remember and look go to the show have a great time but close your eyes and remember sebastian bach did that for us and we hadn't seen sebastian in 30 years we go to his show and he had the nerve to put pictures up of what he looked like 30 years ago you're like oh jesus god almighty i don't like looking at the stage um he can still sing though yeah so if you turned your back to it since you're being nostalgic, people are also asking for a double shot because it's Halford's birthday. Yeah. And yesterday, five years ago, is when we had the Metal God in studio with Ian Camfield. Was that five years ago? Five yesterday? Years ago wow. yesterday. Who Did you remember that or did somebody else? Well, it's on the Rewind this weekend. Oh, okay. No kidding. Yep. So it was the 24th of August when... Yep. Five years ago. When Rob When Ian made good on his bet to get somebody in And brought Brady a C-ring. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You still have it, probably, yeah. right? Probably in your man cave. It's on right now. <laughs> I doubt There's it. There's Burton Allison. Come on now. <laughs> Come on. It's a joke, I understand, but it's so hard to believe. It's like saying you flew in this morning. <laughs> it's just too far-fetched. Funny, but far, 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 far-fetched. 
ludicrous is what the word I'm looking for. My first C-ring. Yeah. <laughs> is it your first one? Yeah. Celebrity C-ring, too. That's yeah. pretty good. If my, my first C-ring wasn't given to me by the metal god. Hey, well, Brady, put this on your, your dinkus. Did you pull this off a monster truck toy? Thanks. It's certified pre-owned. Ew. Okay. What do you do with it? You put it on a rooster? Oh, 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 oh. so metal. Well, happy birthday to Rob, too. He's great. That was, man, that's crazy. He was here five years ago. Uh, anyway, the crew thing tonight, Def Leppard is all tracks. They do a good job of letting you know, hey, we know it's not as good as it used to be, so we're going to play a lot of stuff that sounds great behind us. Uh, thrilled. And then uh, what, Joan Jett will be like Corey Feldman's audience. She's 20, 30 people deep tops. Oh, I thought it was. Was it? I don't know who's no, there. No, it's Poison, Def Leppard, and uh, Joan Jett and the Blackheart. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. I thought it was. No, she's Someone the, said she's on that out new. there. Poison's there, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, Poison, Def Leppard, Motley Crue is what people bring up, and then Joan Jett's there, too. I saw her at that uh, Queen Creek. Yeah, that said show. it all. <laughs> right. I'd rather watch She-Hulk Attorney at Law than the Joan Jett play at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> but the Dr. Feelgood album is pretty great. I remember how much fun that was. Crew and Faster Pussycat and Lita Ford when I saw him in July of 1989. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. I'd be the new guy at that show that you're talking about. You have never seen them. No. Then you should go. Oh, any three. You should go because they're all really good. But if you've seen them in the past, it 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 is it makes you feel I horrible. get it because I was, I was still a new guy when I finally saw Aerosmith all the years. The mean? last time they were in town. Oh, you, that enjoy, was the first you, time you saw Aerosmith. Yeah. Oh wow. And Jeez. you said, and I enjoyed it only yeah. because I knew all the right songs, but I never saw them in the prime right. where the energy is probably totally the different. level. No, I saw them different. in 1990, 89 or 90, and I and I remember turning to my friend Mark saying, "I never want to see this band again." He goes, "You don't like it?" I'm like, "No, they're so good that I can't see this pinnacle. again." ACDC, same thing. I never want to see this again. I can't imagine watching them age and progress too bad. And I, and maybe they're still great. I just had this, like, sometimes you just want that. It's the Curly from City Slickers. Yeah. It's like, that is my moment. I don't need to try to rehash it. I did it with Alice in Chains, and I kind of regret the last two. So Alice in Chains is that I never need to see them again. This did it for me. And then I've seen them twice since, and both times were a little bit less. The only time it wasn't was when they opened up for Guns N' Roses in Vegas. And they even said, we're going to hurry through our set because we want to see what you want to see. It was the opening night for Guns N' Roses reunion. And, in the throne. And they're like, yeah, we're, we're totally fine with this tonight. Just getting through this, you know, we know why you're here and it isn't us. And they were still great. But uh, yeah, Motley Crue, they put on a show. I've seen them a couple of times. I, I would not want to see like what I have in my mind versus what's going to happen tonight. It scares me. Poison. They're probably pretty fun. Fun. Still. Yeah. Def Leppard. I think Pour Some Sugar on Me is one of the dopiest songs that's ever been written, ever. <laughs> the chicks loved it. They mopped it up. They did. Still don't know how, but it was like a. That was when I stopped liking. Uh, like, I didn't like the bubblegum side of things, and I started getting into the heavier stuff, but then I went back to it anyway. But I never, I was never a Def Leppard guy. Although I do like a few of their songs. I don't like. Like, I like Photograph. I like a few of their songs. Foolin'. We did Foolin' for Night of the Singing Dead yep. last year, and it was fun. But I don't want to, you know. I'd never seen them, so maybe I could go to that. And I've never seen Joan Jett out of, you know, choice. 
two good songs. They're not even her songs. Like they're remixes. Yeah. She's a cover band. I guess it's her Joan Jett complaining about how hard it is to be a woman in rock. I don't care. It was like, um, I don't know, Liza Minnelli up there. I'd rather see that. aged out a little bit. I would rather see Liza as Joan Jett. As as Joan Jett singing uh, the thing about. Started out by the rocking machine. (laughs) Liza is Joan Jett tonight, uh, if you want to watch it. If you could picture Liza Minnelli up there, that's what it's going to look like. Because the horrors of aging have hit all these people. It's scary. Remember Frank Sinatra? People, you're you're experiencing Frank Sinatra, pathetic and sad, right? Yet very a, enjoyable. Well, of course, for the jokes, not because yeah. of the great music that Frank and the and the, how is he chairman of the board? He's a doddering old man reading off of a prompter and missing all the lines and couldn't read the prompter. Yeah. and then yelling at his son. Yeah, I was at Elton John the first time I saw Junior. Elton. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, Frankie Junior had to come out and finish some stuff. Mac the knife. Thanks, kid. Off the stage. Nobody's here to see you. Can you make the letters bigger? I, I saw can't read it. Elton John at uh, in Vegas at uh, like maybe seven or eight years ago for the first time ever. Ah, glorious! He can't hit any of the notes. He's a, a he, he even says it. I'm just a fat old queen now. <laughs> and he plays the songs, and then in the middle of it, he had like hired a bunch of teen boys to come up and surround him at the piano and dance and stuff. I'm like, all right, this is gross. Like if he was younger, yeah, that was the flip around because I saw him. Earlier, just like yeah. you were saying, and uh, I think it was ninety or ninety one, right. and then I saw him with Billy Joel when they had the dueling the dueling piano, piano thing was great, it was believable. But back then, you could believe that teen boys still might want to bone Elton John. When I saw it, it was gross. That old man can't do it. I want to see that. He was throwing prunes out in the uh, audience. <laughs> well, no, he was throwing them back. The, the, the audience was throwing prunes to him oh. like panties. It was interesting. Anyway, it's concert psyching rock. Well, that Joan Jett concert yeah. in the QC, oh. it was, you know, I'm, Cheap Trick is the other band there. and, it, and Tragedy. Uh, Rick Nielsen had to sit out every other song. Because he had diarrhea. Yeah. From the barbecue. And, <laughs> no. Yeah, probably. Let's be honest. <laughs> He's at a barbecue festival or something. He took a couple of shots of BBQ and it was shooting through and you can see it. There was yeah. no really backstage because it's an open field. There's a chair on the side of the stage, and there he is sitting there. Yeah. Revive and then get back up there. I want you to want. <laughs> Damn it, Rick. <laughs> I love Cheap Trick. Uh, anyway, all right. Here's some concert psyching rock and a little birthday surprise there for Rob as well. Uh, Molly Crew tonight. It is a fun show, but again. Don't eat all the member berries now. Wait until you go see Vince Neal trudging around up there like a guy who's missing his buffet. There'll be a, a number of parents bringing their kids, their teens. Which there. is great. Sure. Yeah. Let the kids enjoy it for the first time. They're a fun, be great a fun band. Show. But, man, I can't do it. I can't. It would just make me feel old seeing those dudes and thinking, man, oh, man, I used to admire this. Now, they used to be everything I wanted to be. Now they're everything I never want to be. Just can't look at him and think you can't keep you can't be serious with the vest right now. Put a shirt on. Hey, it's not weird. It's pretty cool, actually. No membership fee. I have heard enough of this. You've been listening to Holmberg's Morning Sickness Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com.